Our creative potential is infinite, stitchless, without bounds. Creativity manifests itself in a million ways, and we can be inspired by all of them. I'm your host, Anushka, and this is Stitchless. In this show, I will chat with a diverse range of creatives about their art and streams of thinking. I want these conversations to inspire new creative exploration, regardless of medium. Whether you're a painter inspired by a poet's method of capturing the scene, or a designer inspired by a photographer's brainstorming process. In this episode, I chat with a student singer-songwriter and filmmaker, Dia Jane. I hope you get something from this conversation because as a creative myself, I sure as hell did. Stick around until the end of the episode for a first glimpse at one of her unreleased songs. Welcome to the pod. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so to start off, introduce yourself. Who are you? Who are you as a creative, as a human being, in your own words? Okay. Um, my name is Dia Walker. I'm a junior at Northwestern. I am a RTVF, which is radio, TV, film, and a computer science major. Um, and I also make music. So. Two summers ago, I released my first album with my band, which is really just me and my best friend, Joe McKenzie. Um, the band is called Baby in the Brain, um, and we released that album there, which was awesome. And then on my 20th birthday, so last year, I released my first solo single called Father's Daughter. Um, yeah, that's kind of the extent of my music. I've been still working on it, but and then I make films here. So yeah, that's my creative stuff, <laughs> creative pursuits. A little spiel. What different art forms do you explore? Like, I mean, I love all of it. I'm a big like writer above all. I just love writing. I did competitive um, spoken word poetry throughout high school, um, cool. and we were like nationally ranked. Oh my god! For two years, so that was like a really awesome experience. I know people have like certain presuppositions about slam, which is fine. Like a lot of them are accurate, but like some of the like truly like, most beautiful pieces of writing I've ever like heard in person and like the craziest like minds I've ever met has been in uh, poetry so I definitely like learned a lot from that and that still affects I think a lot of my work um and then in film like oh I just love film because it's like a mix of so many things um in terms of music in terms of you know soundtracking I love to edit and I love to write um and so just like adding all those things like it's such like a melange <laughs> like a like a, a melting pot i guess if you will that's so annoying uh, like <laughs> mediums you know because like you can do so many things with it i got to work with my friend um erin zang she graduated last year but she did a stop motion film uh Ooh. last year called shelf life um and i got to work on that as like art crew and helping make the dolls and animate the dolls and it was so awesome i just i love rtbf especially like there's so many cool people doing it here doing like crazy shit so Tell me a little bit about slam poetry. I that's so interesting. Like, for one, I I'm unfamiliar with the presuppositions mm. that people have, and I think it's so cool. I mean, I love. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I'm and, glad. And I can see like the connection. Is there like a connection between like because you're like you're performing the poetry? Mm. Did that like help easily ease into like songwriting as mm, well? Or? Yeah. Well, I was actually I did songwriting before poetry, but I just was never really doing it on. Like, I didn't really have. The resources to like produce or record myself so i was just kind of writing it and then that definitely fed into poetry i mean a lot of like chance the rapper for example he started in the uh louder than a bomb which is the youth slam circuit in chicago mm-hmm. and he started there and now obviously like well 
people think what they think about his most recent right. albums, but <laughs> I think <laughs> Coloring Book is a masterpiece. Absolutely. Um, and obviously he is, you know, very successful by, you know, quantifying right. measures. Like a lot of rap especially is like mm -hmm. really spoken word. Um, and obviously like black artists have been like massive in like the come of spoken word and the history of spoken word. And so I learned a lot from that and like just in music it feeds because a lot of people also will use music in their spoken word like people make spoken word albums um mm. people organize chat books and like do their own like art with it and also because often spoken word like as opposed to like written poetry mm. is often like it doesn't rhyme as much as written poetry like it's not really in the same kind of verse so often it's more like prose poetry um which i think is where I, people get the ideas that they have about spoken word, which is that it is um, repetitive. I can't like harsh people for thinking that it's like that, but there are like artists like Denise Smith is one of my favorite spoken word poets. Their shit is crazy. Like their uh, Ocean Vuong has like reached a lot of um, uh -huh. contemporary popularity, but yes. like he is like very well known within like the spoken word or well spoken word world, mm -hmm. and like those people are just like writing insane things that I've just never seen before and never thought of before, and so. That has been so enlightening lyrically, I guess, to be like, whoa, I would never, like, you made that into a verb. Like, that's crazy. You know, like, I never read any of Ocean Vuong's, like, poetry, mm -hmm. but I read his novel. Yeah, um, I keep meaning to read that. On, this, on Earth, we're briefly gorgeous. Yes. He just fascinates me because his work is obviously so emotional, but, like, he's so particular. I think it's still a highlight on his Instagram, so you should check it out. But he has this, like, wonderful series of stories about metaphors and, like, what makes a metaphor actually worthwhile and, like, meaningful to the poem. And it was just so, like, it's hard for me to conceptualize that people that write so emotionally also have, like, such, like, logic and rules to their work and, like, Absolutely. are being so actively, like, obviously, there's intelligence, but like, I'm like, oh man, like for me, it's just, I just write it. Like, I'm not thinking about it that hard, but like, that is like so inspiring. Yeah, like there's <laughs> there's like a system and a discipline behind the madness. Like a, a meanness. I guess intentionality is like the word I'm really looking for. In film, I feel that a lot because like some like great films that people like just herald is like so complex and they can go through it like scene by scene and like pick out all these things and like the lighting is this and like the costumes is this, just like every element. I'm like, I can't imagine thinking about so much at once, but I guess that's why films are like much more of a collaborative process. Diving into um, film, because you mentioned Shelf Life as a collaborative project, tell us more about Shelf Life, what was it about and what was your role in it? The Shelf Life is basically about like, um, like the commodification of like consumption. There's nine dolls in three rooms and it basically is in the format of like a game show and there's oh. these announcer saying like, the woman, blah 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 blah. You know, it was like nine stages of life and the dolls were modeled kind of after Aaron, and then for each stage they would have like something else to eat, something new to eat. So the little girl has like Gatorade or whatever, and like when she hits college, like she's trying to watch her weight, like she has like a vape or whatever on the plane, oh and she's gosh. like, it's like a really really excellent script. It's a short, it's a pretty short short film. It's like eight or nine minutes. Very very cool. I think Aaron is a genius, and it was such like a good environment to work on. Was it like the first time you have worked in that medium before, like animating? Or? Um, seriously, yes. When I was a kid, I did make like little like stop motions with my littlest pet shops, um, oh in like a really old version of iMovie, and I wish so badly that I still had those projects, but I don't. But I do remember doing that and like 
picture, move the picture. But yeah, like seriously doing that was more. And Erin is like a very much more like physical material artist than I am. And so it was really cool to learn a lot from her and the other people on set who were also like more experienced artists. You used to do these like stop motions when you were little kids. Yes. Um, what was some of the earliest or like formative memories you've had with your creativity? Oh, oh man. I don't know. I loved I loved to sing as a kid. I sang for as long as I can remember. My mom and I would always like, because my mom is also a wonderful singer. Both my parents are musicians, um, and she would always we would sing in the car. My coral bells and all that kind of stuff. The least of the valley that my garden of. And you can sing it as like a little round. Um, I've gotten like so much of my music taste from my parents. Like I love uh, like folk Americana. Jingly shit. Like, <laughs> I know, I'm like, I don't really know how to describe it because I feel like most people don't really listen to it, but it's like the Avery Brothers, 187s, Jillian Welch, Loretta Lynn, and there's this one Jillian Welch song called um, Miss Ohio. It goes, Oh, me, Ohio, would you look at Miss Ohio? She's running around with the right top down. And my mom and I would sing that all the time and just like, yeah, mostly music, I guess, because with my parents, we would do a lot of that together. Um, and I played the piano from a young age, my grandma taught me. Uh, piano because she's incredible incredible woman. She's fucking like 82. She retired like 15 <laughs> years ago And she still teaches like private French horn lessons from her home but she French was, horn? Yeah, she mostly teaches French horn, but she's also an incredible pianist And so she taught me and my younger siblings piano. So music really runs in like the blood of your family. It really does Yeah, my because she my grandma's a music teacher and my stepdad's mom is also or she was a music teacher um, and then my mom and my dad we're both in a band together before they got divorced in college. That is so um, cool. Yeah, because my mom was a violin performance major at school. Uh -huh. um, and my dad, well, he's like a lawyer, but <laughs> he plays guitar well. Mm -hmm. um, and he was kind of why I wanted to learn guitar as well. And yeah. How many, um, how many instruments do you play? Just the two. Or I guess if you include ukulele, <laughs> which I don't. If you play guitar, you play ukulele. Like mm -hmm. it's. It's easy. It's the same strings. How did you um? How did you get into film? Um, uh, I didn't like so a lot of ITBS students here like did film in high school, mm -hmm. like did film in high school. But the high school I went to was really like low income. Like we didn't have a lot of um extracurriculars. I guess mm -hmm. we didn't really have like a film class or a film club. So I didn't really do a whole lot or like any film in high school. Like I made like little movies as a kid, mm -hmm. and I always really liked that. And I wrote stuff like I would write like stories, it could be screenplays or screenplays or whatever, but I just like, I don't know, in junior year I was like, I'm gonna go to school for film. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I want to do, so. Being able to like work in so many different mediums, mm. I can imagine the amount of like, how often you're able to be inspired for yeah. your work. Um, that's true. What would you say are some different sources of inspiration that you've been drawn to? Like there was something lately that really made me, but I can't remember what it was, it just so bad. I just remember the feeling. Um, I went to actually Tonics last night, which okay. is, um, my good friend Chris is in Tonic, Tonic Tap, and mm -hmm. Griffey is like a temporary dance. They do like a joint show every year. Um, and that's always so cool to see. That was inspiring, just because I think movement, oh, like, I don't, people that can do that with their bodies is so insane to me. Like, I can't believe, because I know what it's like to have lungs and ribs, but it's like, there's no, like, what do you mean you're doing that? Like, you... We have the same stuff in there. <laughs> How are you maneuvering in that Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm, like, flexible, but, like, you're, like, doing the same shit. Um, that, that's inspiring.
inspiring. I'm trying to, oh, there was something recently. I mean, every time, I haven't been to a poetry, like, open mic or anything in a long time, but every time I do, that's always inspiring. Sammy is one of my favorite artists. She's been dropping some singles for her upcoming album, Honey. Um, and those singles have been crazy. I love the way she writes. She's very, um, I don't know if you listen to Mitski at all. <gasps> I love Mitski. Bro, I, <laughs> I just adore the way Mitski writes because it's so unconventional. The way that she does like rhyme forms mm-hmm. and like her, cause it's just like, it's a sentence, but then it works. Like, right. oh my God, that's crazy. So anyway, Samia does something a little bit similar, I think. And her most recent songs are even more of that kind of like breaking the mold. Like this is just what it is. Um, sea Lions and Pink Balloon were two of the most recent singles. Sammy, <laughs> how do you spell this artist's name? S-A-M-I-A. S-A-M-I-A. Um, yeah, she is Samia, but Sammy. Samia, yeah. Oh, She's, Sammy, okay. Love Sammy. She is always inspiring. And just other musicians. It's amazing. Yeah. That was such a rant. No, I, I, I absolutely, I mean, <laughs> listen, sometimes inspiration just gets us carried away, especially <laughs> when it's like Samia and Mitski. I'm so happy you, like, I so <laughs> agree with what you said about, like, how unique she is. She's I just remember the first time I ever heard about her was um, Your Best American Girl. And oh I was God. like, bro, wait, <laughs> your mother wouldn't approve of how yes, my mother raised yes, me, but, but I do. I but think I, I do. Oh my God. Oh my God. She had me rolling. She's so crazy. She is me. I am her. She is so good. She says what everyone else is thinking. She is wild. I had the privilege of seeing her in concert. <gasps> That's so funny. And what I loved about it was she was like, doing these, I don't even want to call them dance moves. They were just like kind of erratic slash sporadic like gestures and movements. It was almost a spiritual experience. When I listen to the song, like that's what yeah, I want to do. Literally. But I just don't do it because I'm like, oh, people are going to think I'm strange. And then she yeah, does it and to. I'm like, you're my mind. She is so like inviting, you know, because yes. I'm like, this is so true. Like we are actually part of the same moment right now. Yeah. I love when artists aren't afraid to like get weird. Yes, exactly. Very that. Yeah. Very that. Because, oh, I have such short feelings about this. Uh-huh. I think the thing that brings things down most of all is like a fear to be weird enough to be like camp. Not that you have to be camp in order to be that, but you have to be weird. Like it's right. not, that's also my thing with student film. Because I feel like a lot of us, like, there's an ambition to make something that is studio film-like, but that's just never going to happen on our resources. So I'm like, this is the time to make shit that is so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> like, just lean into it. It has to be vague. It's not going to be good if it's not vague. I mean, it's inspiring to other creatives, too, because you want to be putting out the stuff that... The coolest stuff, I think, is the stuff that's just, like, right yeah, in your head. exactly. You like, oh be... my god, I can't believe you said that. That's so... That's so me. There was a music video for your song called For Finn. Oh. And, like, yeah. I just loved the concept of it. Oh. And I wanted to ask, like, what's it been like doing music videos and stuff for your work? Oh my gosh. Well, those have been so... Like, I, I really want to do more... Um, collaborative ones because yes. the one for friend it was literally just me, my camera, a tripod, and like me and Finn. Uh-huh. Um, and then the one for On the Run, we were at my mom's birth mother's lake house in Oklahoma. There's me and Joe, and my mom has like a golf cart, <laughs> and so it was just me like running behind the golf cart while either Joe or my mom filmed. I don't remember which one, and like played it. So it was obviously very like low. Right. Um, Not that it wouldn't be low budget now, but I'm just like, I have so many friends here that like Mm -hmm. do crazy shit. So I really want to do more with that, um, with my other friends here that are in film. 
that like can like conceptualize really cool stuff and that are really good with like camera work and gaffing so so brain baby brain baby i loved the whole album thank you <laughs> so what was the process like how did you how did this duo like form how did baby in the brain form what was the initial like vision for this album how did that vision evolve as you were creating it what what did you try to do to like execute on that vision like mm. walk us through the process okay so brain or baby in the brain is made up of myself and jordan mckenzie who is awesome is currently in her freshman year at usc thornton with a full ride to study um music production um, and she has been self-producing for a really, really long time. She released her first music when she was like 13. Oh my gosh. Um, and then at that time, I don't think she was self-producing, but she has been and like has been a self-taught producer for a long time. And we met when she was in eighth grade and I was a sophomore in high school at an open mic. My poetry team got invited to go there and she was there and she sang a song, her song called Stuck. And I like came up to her afterwards and I was like, oh my god, I love that. Like, you're so cool. I also do music, blah, 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 blah. And we bonded over um, Declan McKenna, who was <gasps> my favorite artist I of all time. I'm so glad you like oh, I would do. Did you go to his concert a couple months ago? Did he have a concert here? Yes, in Chicago. Bro. Oh, that was the best concert I ever. Well, okay, no, it wasn't the best concert I ever. The things I would do to like thrash to British bombs. We bought it over Declan McKenna. Uh -huh. Somehow, I think she had like a sticker. Oh, okay. guitar case. And then we did not talk for like three years. <laughs> but we followed each other on Instagram. And then oh, I was involved in this organization called Artist Mentorship. So I was involved in that for like one year as a student, and then I was gonna be in it as a mentor. Um, but then the pandemic hit. And mm -hmm. I texted Joe because the greeting committee were going to come and speak at one of the Zooms because we had started just doing like Zoom sessions with like artists to like do Q&As and stuff. And I texted Joe because I knew she also liked the greeting committee and I was like, you should come to this. And I got Joe to come. And we just started hanging out and then we hung out like six days a week for six months. Oh. And we made an album. Did you guys have like a specific vision in mind for like the project as a whole? Gosh, um, not particular. I mean, we were talking a lot about like shared music that we loved. Um, so I guess it was a lot of that, just like having artists and songs that we really liked that we kind of wanted to emulate. Because Mother Soon was like pretty Phoebe Bridgers inspired. On the Run was pretty like Lord. <gasps> Taylor Swift's oh, 1989 totally inspired. See that. A lot of it was Lord. Oh, some scrapped songs were Lord <laughs> inspired. Do You Want That is like my favorite song on the album. It was so fun to record. And that was very like. I guess that's the closest to Declan, where I was like, I want to do like a rock e, like a rock yes. pop song. But yeah, it didn't have like the most specific vision in the world. Um, it was just like, we kind of just want to make like a pop album because I don't write a lot of pop mm -hmm. um, and she's really good at producing pop. When I listened to this album, I thought it was very cohesive, like the themes oh of the music. Like I felt like it was very, it was so youthful and like nostalgic. Yeah. It, it reminded me like of Conan Gray's really early stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, like his EPs wow. and stuff. Like he has this other, he has a song called like Generation. Other Side. Oh, I don't know. I just know his title tracks from earlier. His uh, Generation Y and the other one. Yeah, Generation Y is also another great example. It was just like, just like, fun, youthful. Yeah, and, like, totally though. Yeah, honestly, I think one of my favorite al my favorite songs of this album was like Slurpee. Oh my god, <laughs> my friend was just talking to me about that the other day. Slurpee was just literally, I don't know how it ended up on the album, but um, I had like a note in my like notes app that was just literally Slurpee. I mean, it was a little like edited down. Yeah, it was like, I bought a Slurpee at the gas station 
but it's, it was something like that. It was a little bit edited, like, in the song. But basically, Joe just wanted to, like, try out a vocoder, and she was like, okay, sing something into it. <laughs> and so that was what I sang, and then it ended up on the album. I don't know. It's cool, but it's, like, it's kind of embarrassing. Because <laughs> I'm like, why does that exist? But... Sorry. <laughs> it kind of hits. It kind of hits. <laughs> I don't know. It felt very experimental. Mm. Yeah, I think it definitely was. We just like, because I had never really recorded like in that scale before, and Joe had been like recording herself for a long time. So it was like me kind of coming in and Joe being like, "You do the vocals. I don't want to do vocals." <laughs> and it was like, "Cool, that's fine. I like to sing." Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of stuff like we just wanted to try it. Like PT Cruiser, I, I love PT Cruiser, that's so fun. And it was just her like showing me like that like initial like electric guitar like riff track. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a lot of like trying things that we wanted to do. Even the stuff that we scrapped was even more. There's a song called um, Salt or Salt and Cut that was like a very like Billie Eilish mm. experimental, but it was like, it was so weird. And I look back on that and I'm like, I can't believe we made that, but like, it was kind of cool. What would you say was like the most strange slash cool, unique method or something you guys tried on this album? We did a lot of different weird stuff for recording, like background, like texture vocals. Mm -hmm. So on the Baby in the Brain YouTube channel, there is a video that's like behind the scenes of recording on the run where you can see this in action. But I I do this toad impression. Like Toad from Super Mario Bros. And so there is that layered in the background, which you can't hear obviously with mixing, but just like to get different sounds for group vocals, we did a lot of that. So it's like. <laughs> Wait, that was the original outro. That's Dude, what you just it out like that, bro. <laughs> anyway, so oh that exists. <laughs> we did a lot of. At the end of, um, I think it's Four Fin where we're like laughing at the end or whatever. Uh-huh. That was because we were lying on the ground, yelling the, um, how does that song go? <laughs> uh, N-S-I-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-O-R-O-N-S-
albums um and she also started when she was young like i think their first album came out when she was like 16 and she's like 24 now um so she gave us some advice we had another song called lady lazarus that i think joe hates now but i really like still i think it's super cool um but abby was like that's like too similar to icarus like i don't think they should be on the same project we had a, like a pop song called parties that we listened to until we literally hated it so bad but now like three years later she's reworking it currently which is kind of exciting that is exciting um, i know she said she like played me a little snippet actually just like earlier today and I was like, oh my god, it sounds cool. Like, they're making it way more, like, 80s, like, Kate Bush. She, she's working with a producer in, like, LA right now. So, like, I, I really relate to you in the sense of how you're talking about it being, like, melting pot. And honestly, like, that was a big reason for why I wanted to start this segment. Yeah. Is because I wanted to, like, I want to interview artists from, like, A, who are also, like, doing all sorts of things. Because I feel like... In general, most artists, if they're like a singer-songwriter, they're probably also like a painter. Or like if you're talking to a painter, <laughs> so they're probably also really into like fashion. Like mm. you know, it's it's a lot more yeah. fluid. And um, like, is it is it helpful that you can like kind of yeah. weave through different mediums? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It's like yeah, and your own work can like be inspiration for other work in other mediums. You know, like. I have a song that Joe does not like, but it's fine, <laughs> um, <laughs> that I wrote, like, from a poem that I wrote in high school that I, like, ended up turning to a song. Um, I have a poem I wrote that inspired the film I'll be shooting in the spring, you know, like, yeah, it's definitely very helpful because you can, like, be lazy and be self-referential, but, like, no one knows because it's within your own body of work, right. <laughs> and, like, if it's not published, like, who's going to clock you on it? So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely very helpful because it also helps you think about things in different ways. It's really really beneficial to everyone's work in any field to like be a little bit multifaceted. Yeah, absolutely. Reflecting on everything you've done so far, what are some of your like dreams and goals for your creative expression coming up oh my in the near future? Well, I just I I want to make things. I I am going to direct for the first time soon, which I'm excited about. Directing is very different from anything I've done. The editing, my friend Caroline, uh, who's a senior, just shot her film. Um, it's called Space Coast. Mm-hmm. She shot it at home uh, in Florida over the winter break. Um, and I'll be editing that soon. I'm really excited. It's mostly just like people I've met here that I'm really excited to work with and like really hope I can work with after graduating. That's so cool. Well, obviously, like I would love to see any of the projects you do in the future. Um, and finally, is there any question that I didn't ask that I wish you that you wish I asked? Well, could I introduce the song you will be playing? <gasps> oh, <So>, absolutely! <laughs> this is something that Joe and I worked on um, over winter break. Actually, we wrote it last winter break, so we wrote it like a year ago, um, and we recorded it a little bit. But I wasn't here for or wasn't home for very long, um, and then we worked on it a little more this winter break. It's called lungs, but I want it to be called thumbs. So. <laughs> Um, it's very wet like inspired. Yeah, that's the song. There's a little bit of it. The television's going numb and everything is going numb and everything is going numb.
I'm your host, Anushka, and this is Stitchless. Thank you, Dia, for this wonderful conversation, and thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be putting out a new episode one to three times a quarter. Email us at stitchpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on at stitchpodcast on Instagram for more updates. Until the next one.